Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Oh, yeah. Let's get this party started up in here. Whoop, whoop. Hey, this is Mark. You're listening to this show probably on your mobile device, whether it's iOS or Android or even Windows Mobile. <laughs> Who has one of those? Uh, but anyway, you're probably listening, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or some other wonderful mobile app that brings this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. Yeah. But did you also know that you can find this show, among several others in this category, at the Tangent Bound Network? That's right. Go visit TangentBoundNetwork.com. Check it out where you can always get the latest episode of this and other shows quite like it. Although, admittedly, there is no show quite like this one. On this week's episode, Josh and I locate some of the best deals to look out for on Black Friday weekend. What's a good value? what to avoid, and what retailers are going all out this holiday season. Douglas Hoyabu from Retro City Games shares his thoughts on the best gaming experiences in 2016 and what titles you may not be aware of that might just meet your gaming fancy. Jonathan the Hunter from TVRatingsGuide.com stopped by again to let us know what shows they believe may get the axe and what shows they're looking forward to in 2017. All this, plus we highlight our picks for movies this holiday season and give you a taste of wine, women, and words as the ladies share their thoughts on the Harry Potter universe. It's another packed week here, so sit back and relax. (sighs) As we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And hello once again. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source, welcoming you to another episode of Pop Culture Cosmos. And I'm here with my good friend, the author of Vendetta Dark, which you can get as a Christmas gift, Center Space as well, and the upcoming Congratulations You Suck, the director of Ghost Toasters. His name is Josh Peterson. How are you, my friend? Hey, hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Sorry about the dogs in the background. I want to thank everyone for listening right here, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network, plus also our good friends at the Tangent Bound Network, the ESO Network. We are available on all three of those awesome networks, and we truly appreciate you listening on either one of those. Once again, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network, Tangent Bound Network, ESO Network. We're also available on Stitcher iTunes, Google Play, podcast.com. We've got channels on each and every one of those outlets. And of course, if you miss anything that we're doing in the Pop Culture Cosmos, you can check it out at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. So it is that time, everyone. We're really in knee deep in it. We've been investigating. We've been looking. We've been delving deep into the Black Friday ads 
and we've been just scouring them right and left. And I'm telling you what, there's a lot of great deals out there. If you get a chance, check out our site, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, where we have a a lot of retailers Black Friday ads that are now up on the actual site right now, and more will be added in the coming days before Black Friday. So check it out. That's popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. Josh, I know you have been scouring back and forth all of the Black Friday ads. What are your thoughts overall, first off, on how good a Black Friday this is going to be for shoppers out there? It's pretty good from what I've seen. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are looking at it and being like, yeah, there's nothing special, but they'll go out and still unexpectedly spend three or $400. That's just how Black Friday works. I'm one of those people. So you've just described me in detail. But uh, <laughs> well, I'll have to probably hawk something in order to do it. But okay. Oh, well. There's some really, really good deals that we want to focus on. I have, and you have, a, made a list of some of our top deals that we're looking forward to this holiday season from you know, major retailers out there, from Best Buy, Walmart, Target, JCPenney, Dell, GameStop, all these places where pop culture fans can look towards who some of the things they are interested in. So you've been investigating your thoughts on exactly what are the best deals in your opinion for this Black Friday. All right. Well, I'm going to start with Walmart here. First of all, I think Walmart gets kind of an unfair stigma when it comes to uh, you know people shopping there on Black Friday. But anyways, uh, for movies, I'm picking Walmart because they have some good titles. Five bucks will get you, you can get Furious 7, Jurassic World, Lego Movie, The Martian. There's some other titles that they have there that aren't listed but as far as movies goes i think that walmart's kind of the place to go i mean target and best buy kind of have the same deals but it's uh walmart has i think a bigger selection and they you know if you are one of the few people that enjoyed ghostbusters you can get it for ten dollars and that's the blu-rays correct and not necessarily the dvds there's good deals for dvds out there that for even less but the blu-rays five dollar deals you were talking about for were for blu-rays correct Correct. Who uh, Do people still buy DVDs? It's like VHS now, right? <laughs> not entirely. There's still obviously a demand for it because, you know, not everybody still has a, a Blu-ray player if it's not a PlayStation 4 or if it's not an Xbox One. But it's good to know that there are some great deals on Blu-ray. As in, you know, in five years from now, it'll be 4K Blu-ray, which for the first time is now really being advertised this Black Friday is the first time I've really seen any advertisements out on 4K Blu-ray deals. So in the future, you could see that Blu-rays will be, you'll make that comment, who shops for Blu-rays anymore? But uh, your thoughts now on, on 4K Blu-rays, is it something that people should get into now or maybe hold off until there's a larger selection? No doubt it's the wave of the future. Uh, on a side note, I was one of the misled people who decided that hd dvd was going to beat out blu-ray so it was tough getting rid of a hundred of those things um (laughs) 4k it really like people people should get on it because it it is i mean technology moves so fast there's going to be bigger and better things soon but 4k is if you're one of those people who has to stay up to date on everything and you like 
you you can really notice the picture on a 4K television. So if you're one of those people who likes that, then 4K is definitely the way to go. And I would jump on it now uh, while they're on sale. Don't you know? I wouldn't buy anything that's not on sale because you're going to end up paying like forty dollars a movie. And that also includes if for movies and whatnot. Make sure you also check out Amazon.com. Not only for the fact that you may be able to get just as good, if not better, deals from there for your movies, but most retailers, including the big boys, will actually honor and match prices to Amazon.com from the actual Amazon.com and not one of their affiliate dealers, correct? Yeah, and that's probably why Amazon has not yet released their Black Friday ad. It is a good point that that's made up because there's a lot of people seem to forget. They're always worried about the big picture and getting the big products. Sometimes it's actually the smaller products that are great gift giving gifts, things that, that you might want to add and stock up for your collection. So it makes a really, really big difference when you can get those at a much cheaper price. Cause as you said, when you go to Walmart or you go to Best Buy or you go to Target, that cart, fills up on the black friday shopping season any thoughts on any others uh that you had because i know you had a few in mind as far as some of the best deals for black friday in your opinion yeah and when it comes to buying things that entertain us we are all bargain hunters uh, my, my next choice is target is selling a dji drone for 400 dollars. so you're saving a hundred dollars on something that uh records in 4k does full 1080p does uh 60 frames per second it's it's actually for something that they would sell at target like it's fairly professional and i am definitely thinking about investing in one and let's talk about video games here i think that toys r us has the best deal on video games a lot of the new stuff that they have at like target and best buy it's on sale yeah but i but i've already purchased it so Toys R Us has a lot of the stuff I've been on the fence about. So like Bioshock, you can get the Bioshock uh, remastered collection for $20 off. As well as uh, if you want NHL, NBA, uh, any of the new sports games, they're all they're all $10 off. Um, you know, you get Titanfall 2, Dark Souls 3, Metal Gear Solid 5, uh, XCOM 2. They, they, they have a, a more awkward variety of games, but for a lot of people who were on the fence about buying them in the first place, it might be a good place to check out. Did you say they were also doing a buy one, get something else deal like they've done in the past? Yeah. You buy one, you get one 50% off. That's going on now though. I don't know if that's going to extend into black Friday. Fair enough. Um, I think it's a good deal in indeed because you know, as gamers, like we are, we're, we're very interested in keeping up to date on the latest deals for the video game holiday season. Any other things that you were looking for in during the Black Friday season as far as some of the deals and some of the highlights of the season that you're looking at for the next couple of days as, as the Black Friday season rolls forward? Yes. Uh, Best Buy is televisions. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, the 4K, the, if you have been on the fence about it and you don't want to spend you know, $2,000, they actually, most of their TVs are three or $400 off. So it's I'm, I'm tempted to go out and buy one myself. But if you're one of those people who, you know, any amount of money off is something worth spending, uh, that's definitely the place you want to go for a television. If you're interested in getting a laptop, although they are, they are doing a great price on the Surface Pro at $400 off. So you want to take a look at that at $599.99. But if that's a little bit too much for you on a laptop, then I suggest probably leaning towards a decent quality laptop like the Inspiron. 
I think it's 15.6 as far as the, the screen size is concerned. It's the Inspire N3000, I'm sorry. So it is 8 gigs of memory, which is pretty solid. And for a laptop, this is going to be really good, a one terabyte of hard drive space which I think is really important, especially if you're, you know, you're out there and you're using the laptop for everything out there when you're going from, you know, when you're at the Starbucks, you're at the airport, what have you. Really want to take a look at, you know, an eight gig memory, one terabyte hard drive deal. And it's got an i5, which is a pretty solid core processor for a, for a laptop. But take a look at it. It's $349.99 at both Best Buy and also as well at, Dell, and I will also say it is a touchscreen. My number one choice for the best deal out there, and I think I mentioned this to Josh already, it is the Xbox One S at Dell for $249.99. It is the Xbox One S. Remember, it streams 4K. Remember, it's also a 4K Blu-ray player. But also as well, you get Battlefield 1 already bundled in there because that's the major bundle for this holiday season for xbox one is the battlefield one bubble but you also get gears of war 4 which josh has just given a very great rating to as far as yep game of the year and also as well just an overall fantastic experience for him so you get both those games plus an extra controller all for just 249.99 so that is probably my number one choice that you you know because what are the controllers fifty nine ninety nine usually normally or or forty nine ninety nine for a standard Xbox One controller that's a pretty solid deal indeed. What are your thoughts so far on some of the things uh, that I had brought up as far as you know Black Friday deals are concerned? I, I like your choices. The Xbox One S is definitely if you're on the fence about it, it's definitely a good time to get it. Uh, definitely indeed because I know a lot of people have gotten either or. PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One. So if you are looking to get the other, there's no excuses. This is a great time to get it, especially because next year, this time, Josh and I will be asking you, why haven't you got a Switch yet? And we'll be looking for the greatest deals on that, most likely. And the Scorpio and the PlayStation 4 Pro and all that. So if you're just looking to get a basic system right now, definitely those are the two places that you're looking for. You heard my list. If you have any questions, give us a shout out. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com, at PopCultureCosmos on Twitter, PopCultureCosmos on Facebook. So when we come back, Douglas Hoyabu of Retro City Games is sharing his thoughts on the best games of 2016. Right after the break, this is the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's time for more sarcasm, more gloating, more pop culture BS, and ridiculous video game chat as GamerCast returns for Season 2. My name is Rob McCallum, and this year, once again, I'm joined by Mr. Glenn Stanway and my lifelong friend, Jay Bartlett. This year, the show moves to a slightly different format, favoring a more unedited adventure that lets us include more topics as we get together once a month to vent and celebrate everything going on in the gaming industry today and yesteryear. So if you like the idea of arguing with us, though we'll never be able to hear you, then you definitely want to check out GamerCast. Season 2 is really going to take it up a notch. That's GamerCast here on the PCC, the Pop Culture Cosmos, on iTunes, and on Podbean. Alright, and we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source, along with my good friend Douglas Hoyabu, co-owner <laughs> of Retro City Games. That's Retro City Games. The leader 
in video gaming here <laughs> in Southern Nevada. Any quick words on what's com- upcoming for Retro City Games? Any plans? If you have any questions, by the way, because they get a ton of questions each day that they go out of their way to answer, please let them know. It's Retro City Games on Facebook, and you, where you can also catch the videos from most of our episodes of Pop Culture Cosmos right here on the Retro City Games Facebook page. Also wanted to give a shout-out to our good friend Rob McCallum. Hope you're doing great out there, my friend. I know he's out there filming goodness knows what. For goodness knows project what, but I'll tell you what, he's got a lot of them on the plate. And if you want to check out all the great things he's up to, check it out at robmccallumfilms.com, which includes the award-winning Missing Mom. I know he had a great showing at the Alamo House, I believe, in Texas, and also a win at the Forest uh, City Film Festival, as far as that that's concerned. I believe he won Best Documentary overall. Yes, yes, he did. I saw him get the tree. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For Forest City. <laughs> exactly. Uh, plus, he's got a lot of other stuff that, that he's doing, the Kitty documentary, the great docu-series coming up with Box Art, which is with some two people I know and love, Nicole <laughs> right over there, and also as well, Doug. Any updates on that? I know you want to... You haven't filled in the fans in a little bit on exactly what I know. You guys are are laying low for now, but you got some things coming up uh, here in the in a little bit of a future. lull through the, the holiday season. Um, Rob just got back from Chicago, did a couple great interviews there. But uh, right now, um, our next plans are not until January. Um, but okay. we're still filming. Um, two of the episodes are in the bag um, for the most part done. Just needing the audio work done and a little bit of graphic work and everything. Um, the other. F- Four episodes are, are shaping up. We have the inter- most of the interviews that we're going to get in the bag for season one, um, so we should be ahead of schedule. I know Rob hates it when I say that to people, but we're ahead of schedule at the moment, so everything's looking great. Um, everything just kind of fell into place. Not too many big issues or snags or anything like that, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. So that's something to look forward to, so check it out at robmccallumfilms.com for Box Art, the docuseries. Also as well, you can check out Missing Mom, Nintendo Quest, Nintendo Quest Power Tour, the Kitty documentary, He-Man documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I missing something? Because I always seem to forget. After the show ends, I'm like, I forgot something that Rob is doing. Plus 800 other projects Rob's working on. Exactly. So uh, look out for that. But if you want to know everything that he's up to, it's robmccallumfilms.com. Also want to give a big shout out to Wine, Women, and Words, who recently had an episode, which we will hopefully give you a taste of on this week's episode where they were talking about the Harry Potter series leading up into Fantastic Beasts, which is already out in the wild. Uh, that's Wine, Women, and Words on YouTube and also podcast.com. Our good friends, the Mario Party Wars, Sal, Larna, Yelthin, those crazy kids from Mario Party Wars, they're wreaking havoc in UNLV. It's somewhere at some time doing something relating to either board gaming Mario Party or what have you in video games. They're streaming on Twitch. They, you check it out, Mario Party Wars on Facebook. It's a lot of fun. They're a great group indeed. Game Source on Facebook and Twitter, at Game Source on Twitter, Game Source on Facebook. If you want to keep up to date on the video game world, uh, we post you know tons of articles and stuff out there on the, on the video game information seed. So if you want a quick place to go to, check it out there. It takes you all to the great information out there in the video game scene. Cannot forget my good friend Josh Peterson, who I'm usually talking to if I'm not talking to you or I'm not talking to a guest. Um, really appreciate all of his help with Pop Culture Cosmos. And check out his book, Vendetta Dark, available today on Amazon.com or his recent docu-series, Ghost Toasters, 
which is also available on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com or Ghost Toasters on YouTube. So we are now getting into some early Game of the Year thoughts. I had talked with Josh last week on some of our thoughts and some of his thoughts going into it. What are your thoughts on a, is this a strong year for gaming? And what are your, some of your leaders in the clubhouse as far as, as we make the turn using the golf, so to speak, uh, on this Game of the Year for, for me, it's kind of weird. Um, I... It, it's been I feel like this year's been a little light like I mean as far as like the big triple A type titles we had Uncharted mm-hmm. come out earlier this year um, I know which garnered great reviews Overwatch um, um, Overwatch Overwatch was I, I I I haven't even played Overwatch and I feel like I've played it <laughs> I mean the amount of people that talk about Overwatch um, I mean it's really quickly ingrained itself in it's in streaming and esports everything it's it's just really done done a great job of doing that and it's weird normally i'm not the person to be into these but but this year with the the hd remasters and the re-releases i don't want to say that i could nominate a game that's like that for a game of the year josh was trying really hard to do it for skyrim but i was like yeah with with skyrim with uh, all the resident evils um the valkyrie chronicles odin sphere odin sphere is it was already a gorgeous game, and they just fixed every the little issues it had wrong. All those frame rate issues are gone, and then they somehow made that game more beautiful. I don't know how they did that, but <laughs> um, yeah, I it's weird to to me. Like I said, you, you mentioned earlier, I'm a big Vita fan, and things like even though I hadn't finished the first one, I had to pop in Trails of Cold Steel two. I, I, I completely misjudged the first game <laughs> on how long it would be. I was like, oh, this game's I, I was oh, this game can't be more than, you know, sixty, seventy hours and here I am eighty hours into the game <laughs> and I finally look it up and I'm like, Oh, you're like halfway if you're completing the going the completionist yeah. route. I'm like, Oh my god. <laughs> so for for me right now, I think my love of that series is kind of leaning towards that game, which I know two didn't get the same reviews that everything else that the first one got. But the first one, we're all over the place. But yeah. right now, I'm kind of leaning towards that, which people think I'm crazy. But And as I mentioned in a previous episode, I think Inside should get strong in, uh, consideration as a mm-hmm. great download title. Firewatch. I don't Firewatch. know if I mentioned on that, that last week. Um, I know there's going to be a limited run of it Firewatch, on, yeah. on a disc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can also get it, obviously, available downloading and whatnot. Um, there's, there's some great downloadable titles that, that have come out over the course of the year. Uh, one of those, Rocket League, uh, which Josh mentioned. I want to give him props for mentioning that because that almost people seem to forget that t- that came out as such a sensation, and it really performed outperformed what people many people would thought we would do, and it's now it's becoming grain like you know Overwatch as an esport as well. Did you see Shaq's team recently just won? <laughs> A major tournament. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's 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 now a part of ingrained in that culture. Uh, that's rockedly. I think that well, deserves some strong consideration. It's as well. fun to watch, and it's easy for people to figure out what's. Even the ca- person who doesn't play games could watch that and figure out what's going on. I mean, exactly. it's soccer with cars. I mean, it's 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 not really a tough concept to to grasp. And then, I mean, some of the amazing highlights and some of the crazy stuff that happens in that game just, I think, keeps it interesting. I, I've played exactly one round of Rocket League since we've bought it, um, but I've watched a ton of highlight reels and gameplay. And as I, I played a little bit of it too, but like you, I've, I've watched uh, quite a bit of it as well because it is an entertaining as far as what those little buggies can do. I know Titanfall 2 is getting a lot of consideration. Dishonored 2, which just came out, I is also... I that up. Yeah. That's getting a lot of strong consideration as well. 
Battlefield 1, this seems to be, for many people, a great return to the series, minus any bugs or issues, because it doesn't seem to be having as many as, as some of its predecessors did, so Everybody that's always a good thing. flying tanks. Yes. <laughs> and there's some. No, I know. It's, it's, it's not bad. I mean, I think a lot of the... I, the I, issues he were talking about is overhyped. It's not well, but remember Battlefield Four and Battlefield Three. They had uh, especially Battlefield Four had the issues with the server and whatnot down for weeks as far as actually issues what, with and problems with it. Not down as entirely, but you know people had a lot of issues logging into the servers for weeks on it. Three actually got me out of the series because the game was broken almost completely. I mean, yeah. it was it, there were especially on the online. It was almost unplayable at times, and instead of fixing those issues they just pumped out four as fast as they could yeah and then like you said it still wasn't fixed but they did nothing for the people who spent tons of time and money on the first one exactly and then they pumped out a new game like i said i think it was literally a year later and then they said which was pretty much an expansion four is pretty much three yeah it looks the same it plays the same it was really just a reskin and new stuff um so it kind of threw me out of it battlefield one is awesome i love that game (laughs) there you go it it they took a risk by taking it back to a World War One, as opposed to, let's say, a World War Two, where a lot of the, the first-person shooters originated from, like Call of Duty did, into another direction. But it seems like that they made the right move going forward with that series. Well, yeah, it's weird. I mean, we used to make fun of Call of Duty because another World War Two game, and now there really aren't any good world war two in that era coming out so battlefield one you know kind of fits that that it's a different era it's not really been approached very much uh valiant hearts i think is the only one i can really off the top of my head in recent times that that's really approached a world war one setting yeah and and and, well at least done it well is is the biggest thing and it's one of those things where i think we just have such a glut of space shooters and that's the biggest you know thing with call of duty right now it's just another space shooter and I think pre-orders and sales are kind of showing that. This is the worst-selling Call of Duty in, of the Modern Warfare series. And it was the least pre-ordered. I mean, people were kind of... I don't want to say they're like revolting against it, but people were just done, I think. It's, for, not, as a, not, as, it's not the worst review, because that, that in recent times, because Ghost, I think, is the worst reviewed of, of all of them. True, but as far as sales is what I'm saying. Yeah. People, people just aren't buying them, yeah. well, at this point at least. And then also the first-person glut of first-person shooters that came out um, as far as Titan, which a lot of people have to take issue with because Battlefield 1, the next week, the same company releases Titanfall 2, and then a week, pretty much, well, I guess a few days, uh, almost wait, a little bit over a week later, uh-huh. uh, came out Call of Duty. So that's back to back to back. That's kind of... And they're all primarily, well, they have campaigns online-based. Exactly. It's all that multiplayer. So if you're going to, and people want to stick to one. I mean, people like to get good at one of the games and really sink their teeth into those skill trees and stuff like that. So I think it's, like you said, it's tough when three come out like that. And and exactly, back to back to back. So people have to make the choice. And um, people may be tired of going to it, especially if there's great games like Overwatch that, that people are still heavily into that might be more appealing, or Battlefield 1, which got the jump on on all of them Mm -hmm. so uh, that's something definitely look forward to indeed if you are interested in sending us your thoughts on the game of the year and what you think it will be well we'll tell you what we're going to do we're going to first off there's there's places that you can go like like pop culture cosmos on facebook or at pop culture cosmo but i think i'm going to put something up on your page at retro city games on facebook where you can share and express your thoughts so look out for it 
Retro City Games on Facebook where you can see you know this video right here. But you can also share your thoughts on what the game of the year is going to be. Because at the end of the year, we will be announcing, as we did with GameSource every year prior, uh, a game of the year as far as award and pig to do and la 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 la. So look out for that. We, we truly appreciate your, your thoughts and your opinions on it. Just be nice when you share your opinions. That's, that's all I'm saying. Respectful of others when you do. <laughs> right? So. Yeah, it's, a, it's an opinion, not a fact. Exactly. <laughs> so, so. Oh, and there's one more I guess I should throw in there. Again, the, the Vita person in me. Um, anybody hasn't played Labyrinth of Death? Oh, there you go. It is a sleeper hit. I mean, it's it's definitely a JRPG. On, have you have you seen the game? I've seen the game. It's it's imagine old. Anybody's a fan of like old school dungeon crawlers? Yeah. It is a old school dungeon crawler. I mean, frame by frame, turn left, turn right in the overworld. But then once you get into battle, it's turn based awesomeness. But you play as chibi anime girls who turn into mechs. What's not to like? What's not to like? <laughs> I mean, and I know Josh mentioned Forza Horizon 3, which, in his words, could possibly be the best Forza in the entire series, counting both series. So, oh, I haven't played it yet, but I've, that's pretty strong. Yeah, it, it's, it seems it's garnered a, a high Metacritic rating. We checked it out last week, and it's really done a, a great job as far as um, recreating that Australian paradise area. So it's uh, something that definitely, uh, if you are a racing fan, you may want to look out for indeed. But those are some of our Game of the Year thoughts. If you also want to check out last week's episode, Josh uh, and I shared some more thoughts on it. I think you know me, it's Uncharted 4. I think it's probably still my leading contender, but uh, we'll go from there. Uh, next year, you never know, with Mass Effect. Uh, you know, already anticipating that one as well. But uh, Uncharted 4 for me right now. If you want to share your thoughts, again, I'll be posting something on Retro City Games' Facebook page, so look out for that. Or if you just want to tweet us out at PopCultureCosmo, at GameSource on Twitter, PopCultureCosmos on Facebook, GameSource on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So when we come back, Jonathan and Hunter from TVRatingsGuide.com stop by again to let us know what shows they believe may get the axe and what shows they are looking forward to in the future right after the break you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials and now a taste of wine women and words now available on youtube and podcast.com so michelle tell me let's rank your books your, your seven books let's see how you rank okay, and then we'll go through mine so my from absolute favorite to least favorite i have the deathly hallows is my favorite Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll stop until you're done. <laughs> uh, the Deathly Hallows. Then um, the it almost goes backwards. To be honest, the Deathly Hallows, the Order of the Phoenix, the Half Blood Prince, the Prisoner of Azkaban, the Goblet of Fire, the Philosopher's Stone, and the Chamber of Secrets. Okay, my favorite to my favorites to least favorites. This is going to be a fun discussion. My favorite is The Prisoner of Azkaban, followed by The Sorcerer of Stone, then The Goblet of Fire, which is book four, then book six, The Half-Blood Prince, then book two, The Chamber of Secrets. My sixth to last favorite, my second to last favorite, Deathly Hallows, and then my absolute least favorite is Order of the Phoenix. Really? <laughs> That's why when you were reading through your list, I was like, Really? So tell me, why is Deathly Hallows your favorite? And I'll tell you why it sticks on my list. 
hear more of Diana and Michelle's thoughts on the Harry Potter universe on their latest episode of the Triple W, which is located on the Wine, Women, and Words channel on YouTube and podcast.com. And we're back. This is Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We are here once again on the Pop Culture Cosmos show. Listen to each and every Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network, the Tangent Bound Network, the ESO Network, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and Podcast.com. I am here again with Hunter and Jonathan with the TVRatingsGuide.com and TV Ratings Guide on Twitter. Want to check out their great site. They have dozens and dozens of articles out there on the TV rating scene and also as well, dozens of reviews out there as well on the greatest and latest in TV shows. They also have a big community that uh, I'm sure that they appreciate every single day at tvratingsguide.com. And their Twitter is just amazing. I've I've been going back and forth with their, their Twitter uh, operator for the past couple of days. I just want to thank that person who's a mysterious person behind the keyboard, I shall say, but has uh, truly been a great help in coordinating this interview today. So for this episode, I want to ask you guys again, it's a great pleasure having you back on. I'm going to start off with you, Jonathan. What shows are surprising you with ratings above what you had projected well, this year, there's not that many shows that are, you know, higher than I thought they'd be. But there's a few like, um, I'd probably say Lethal Weapon on Fox is pulling really high ratings for Fox. They're probably really excited with the way, way that's going, you know, high ones. Didn't that, didn't that get it renewed for the full season or no? Am I mistaken? On um, I believe it did. I think it was one of the first ones in the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, and um, also probably Kevin Can Wait on um, CBS and Mount the Planet. I mean, like, they're not huge hits, like the next Big Bang Theory, like maybe CBS was hoping. But, you know, I remember reading everywhere and seeing people commenting before that they premiered, people saying, oh, they're not going to do well. It's probably going to be get canceled after a few episodes, and they're still doing pretty well for CBS's comedy. So probably those few, I'd say. Fair enough. Uh, Hunter, did you have any thoughts on exactly uh, uh, what shows are surprising you with ratings above what you had expected? Yeah, I think there's pretty much about one per network that really surprised me. Uh, Jonathan mentioned Lethal Weapon on Fox, and that's definitely one that I think was surprising. I thought it was going to be like Rosewood last year, where it performs well when it's airing with Empire, but then when Empire isn't airing, it crashes. But it it doesn't look like it's going to be like that. And then uh, American Housewife on ABC, I didn't think could perform very well, but it's performing the best out of all of their Tuesday comedies. It's growing out of the middle consistently, not just in week one and two. It, and so it's really a strong comedy for ABC. And then MacGyver on CBS, I thought... I had a feeling you were going to yeah. say that one. Yeah, Friday nights at 8. I thought that it was... I don't know. I was wondering why they even picked it up, because it didn't seem like they were even really trying with it. It didn't... And the trailer got very negative response, but people watched a lot of people tuned in for the premiere way better than I expected. And it's fallen a lot since then, but still doing better than I had expected. And then finally the good place on NBC, I thought that the concept would be too strange for most people, but people are loving it. And I'm really excited about that. It's doing pretty well about the same as Superstore. 
And Superstore is one that has surprised me this year uh, since it's come out. That's one I thought show that I wasn't sure that was going to last was kind of like on the fence on whether or not that show would sustain any life. But that obviously has done done very well, well as well. Uh, this is Us is something that surprised me as a show that it, it has lasted this long and seems to be uh, continuing with that with that realm. Although they're not doing as many shocking surprises at the end of the episode like they did in previous episodes, it still is a, a very good show indeed. Which programs are disappointing you with what you thought would happen? Uh, Jonathan, I'll start with you. Some shows that that I, you thought it was a slam dunk, it was going to be hit all the way, but yeah, unfortunately, it's not meeting the audience that you thought it would. I don't think there are like that many shows that are necessarily just not doing well, really underperforming. Because I mean, say like Take Notorious and ABC, I, I never really would have thought that would have been a huge hit. So it's not really surprising me. But um, Designated Survivor, I think that was supposed to be ABC's next big hit, like close to Revenge ratings in season one, and you know it's already hit a one point two for the past two weeks. It's close to um canceled Nashville season premiere last year. So I think ABC definitely expected a lot better from it, but they're probably still happy with it considering the rest of the ratings. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Hunter, did you have any disappointments so far this year as well? Yeah, I thought that uh, ABC's conviction would be a like mediocre, at least performing show. I thought it, I didn't think it would be a big hit, but I thought that enough people would tune in and watch that it would get renewed and last, but it is not doing very well at all, very low ratings. So I was surprised by that. And then also on the CW, new shows No Tomorrow and Frequency. I didn't expect huge ratings for either of them, but I expected, again, for them to perform fairly well, but they haven't. They've definitely underperformed what I expected. Because Frequency is loosely based off the movie, is that correct? Yes, it is. I think that's that may be one, one reason why is because the movie came out seven, ten years ago when it came out long enough back where people have forgotten completely about it and maybe they weren't able to associate the two. I did want to ask Jonathan or Hunter, whichever one of you guys, a couple shows, uh, well, actually just one show in particular that's, that uh, debuted this year, Timeless, um, which, uh, depending on the episode, is a, a love-it-or-leave-it type show. Uh, what are your thoughts on how that has performed so far this year? Timeless is like a, a weird case, I guess I would say. I mean, it's airing after The Voice, so you know most people would expect it to be performing like Blind Spot last season. You know, high twos its whole season, but it's already hit a one point four, one point five range, which is definitely underperforming, especially airing after The Voice. But I mean, a one point four to one point five is still a good rating to get on on network TVs for a drama nowadays. So it's not like they're like, oh no, we got a flop on our hands. I think it's just underperforming for them. Do you see any long-term effects? Uh, do you see any long-term prognostications for that? Because I haven't heard it's been picked up yet. Is that correct? I do think it received a few more episodes to like cap out at 16. I think that was what it was, but not a full season. So I, I guess I could see it. I think we're having it predicted as a likely, likely renewal right now or a toss-up because you, it's you know like the things I mentioned. But it depends on, I guess, how the rest of their season goes, what they decide to do with it. But if it continues where it is, it'll probably get renewed for a short season as a filler somewhere. Uh, Hunter, any other shows that, that you see are, are disappointing to you um, as far as maybe or not meeting the expectations, maybe in a new time slot, a new day, or, or basically a, maybe a brand new show that, that you thought would do better? Well, that is a good question. I think that uh, Fox expected a little more out of their new show, Pitch. I 
don't I really did not know what to expect out of pitch. I, I know they were pitching hard. I know they were doing a lot of advertising on that show. Yeah, and it hasn't really lived up to that. At first, it seemed like, oh, it might make it just because a lot of the things on Fox had really declined in the ratings, and it was doing better than some of them. And it had a very weak, um, incompatible lead-in with Rosewood. So I was thinking, oh, maybe it will get renewed somehow, but it has declined since then. And so I don't think it'll do very well, and um, I don't think it'll come back. And even uh, Fox, when they announced their winter schedule, pitch isn't on there anywhere. And they haven't announced if they're going to do any more episodes this season or not. So, yeah, it's not doing very well. Uh, That's a shame to hear. That's a shame to hear indeed. Uh, There's a lot of shows right there, right right now on the cusp of, uh, you know, very unsure times. Um, because we're now, you know, most of those shows that have been been on the air for for a month or two now that have, uh, really uh, you're starting to get a feel for exactly uh, long term what they're going to do. Hunter, which shows are on the chopping block? Either that they have been canceled, uh, or which are close to doing so. And I'll start off with you, Hunter, on it, and then I'll ask Jonathan uh, your thoughts on which shows you feel are also near and dear to the uh, chopping block as well. I'll, I'll just do that motion while I'm doing it, too. <laughs> well, um, on ABC, we have uh, Notorious and Conviction. The Notorious, which got its episode order cut, and Conviction, which they've said they're not going to pick up any more episodes, which both of those things are signs of not bringing them back it's the and it's not surprising based on the ratings. They have low ratings. I've predi- been predicting that they have been, would be certain to be canceled since they started. So those ones are definitely goners. On Fox, I just mentioned Pitch, and then in addition to Pitch, The Exorcist is in a similar situation where it's not on the winter schedule, and Fox hasn't said they're going to pick up any more episodes. They haven't really said it either way. And then on CBS, uh, Pure Genius debuted about two weeks ago. It had its third episode, and it's not doing all that well. It's in a tricky time slot, but still, I don't think it's doing well enough that they'll want to bring it back. Jonathan, uh, I hope you'll uh, shed some more light for me in a good fashion. Tell me some of the shows that you feel or, or you know that are on getting close to the chopping block, and I'm going to throw out some shows here in a sec uh, that you may feel uh, may or may not be worth renewing as well. Um, I think ABC Sunday, they've got Secrets and Lies, followed by Quantico, who've both been pulling a 0.6, which is, you know, really not not good at all. And I, I personally don't see that being renewed anywhere close to it. They want to probably drag Quantico to syndication, but that would require two more seasons. And, you know, if they're pulling a 0.6, it might be pulling a 0.3 in two years. So I think that that'll be on the chopping block because, I mean, last season – and in spring, they pulled off Kings and Profits after a 0.5, so that's dangerously close to even getting pulled, much less renewed. So I think Hunter summed up all the other shows that are close to be getting canceled. Um, how about ones shows that, that we're familiar with now, like, for instance, Fox's Gotham. We haven't mentioned that show. Uh, how is that show performing this year? Because it is now meet, meet a, a meta-saturation point where it's, in my opinion, where it's finally it's found its audience and from there, it may have plat- come, be coming to a plateau and maybe, you know, might start seeing the downslide if it hasn't already. I think um, Fox is very happy with Gotham or at least really, you know, okay with it because 
they have a lot of shows that are fractional, like Secret um, Scream Queens pulling 0.6, Pitch, Fractional, Rosewood, all those shows. But then they have Gotham and Lucifer on Monday both pulling, you know, low ones, but they're still pulling above a fractional rating. And then Gotham's in Season 3, so it's got syndication going for it this season. So I think they'll, re- they'll, they'll really be happy with that one as long as it keeps up with the 1.0 mark for a while. Are there some shows that you personally are nervous about as far as, you know, staying on the air that you have a personal preference towards? Um, not really. I mean, last year I had like 15 shows that, or I was fr- afraid I wanted to cancel. They all got canceled, but, um, <laughs> this year all the shows I watched, Two Broke Girls, Superstore, The Good Place, a lot of comedies, they're all doing well, especially for their networks and nothing that, Eyes like is getting canceled. I think Hunter's got a few shows that are close to it. A conviction. He loves that. And I want to ask you this last one because you know this is coming from my daughter. She loves the librarians. Please watch it because the uh, the series premiere is coming up. But that is one that has always been very tenuous because it's on that Sunday night. How is best to say this when you got The Walking Dead and everybody else uh, until Game of Thrones hits? What does the librarians need to pull in for me to tell my daughter that yes, it's going to stay on the air? Well, um, it's in a really tough time slot, and I'm sure that he's going to take that into consideration because that's probably one of the most competitive slots, especially with The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, which are probably the two highest. Well, Walking Dead is the highest-rated show airing right now, so I think that the network would take that into consideration. TNT, um, I think they'll be happy with like a 0.4, 0.6, because they're happy with that over the summer. That's what they renewed. And okay. I think cable, they do take into consideration delayed viewing, how many people are buying it. So also they'll have the time slot that'll probably help it some because they'll be like, oh, well, it's airing against The Walking Dead. I mean, I think it has a good chance of being renewed. Um, Hunter, which shows do you think starting up in the future are ones that you will look out for? That I personally will look out for be for ratings or quality. What, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, just let's say a show that you think is going to be something that people will need to look out for as far as that that either a quality basis or one that you think is really going to pick up some ratings. Like um, I'll throw one out there: Legion from FX when that comes on the air because of its Marvel X Men type of maybe association. Yeah, there. Yeah, there are some shows coming up that I think will do well. Like. Uh, I think that the, the biggest one coming up that I think is going to really do well is on Fox Star, because it's from the same creator as Empire, which they're a big hit, way bigger than anything else they have on TV right now, and they're airing, they're scheduling it well, where they're um, premiering it after the fall finale of Empire in December, and then they'll be airing it in Empire's time slot while between halves of the season of Empire. So I think that they're scheduling it really well, and it has an audience that will tune in. So I think that one's definitely going to do very well. Um, on the CW, Riverdale, is that as their uh, new show that's coming up in... They haven't announced when they're going to air it yet, but that's the one they have for winter or spring. Based off the Archie and, comics, correct? Yes. Loosely yes. based off, I should say. Yes, and... It has that comic book background, so that will probably help it on the network. And also, it seems more like something that people who watch the CW would watch, as opposed to No Tomorrow or Frequency, 
Jonathan, do you have some shows that, that are coming up on the queue that, that you're looking out for or you're telling your readers that something that looks like it might be a big hit on their hands? Um, Hunter really su- summed up all the shows that I think ratings-wise will be big hits. Star, definitely that'll do well. But from a personal point of view, I, I'm excited for Powerless. It's NBC's new superhero comedy. I think that could be really interesting. Emerald City's premiering in January on NBC. That's uh, based off the Wizard of Oz somewhat. So I think that's interesting. Um, 24 Legacy, that'll probably actually perform pretty well for Fox. Um, since they, they've been keep bringing back 24 since it does really well. They're bringing that back again. That'll probably perform pretty well. It's also getting to air after the Super Bowl or sometime around that. So that'll probably do well. At least they'll get a great start anyways, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I want to, before we get, get on out of here with you guys, I want, once again, everybody to find out about all the great things that you guys do for the site. Jonathan, tell us a little bit more about the tvratingsguide.com and how people can go ahead and, and find out what's coming up on the plate for you guys as far as great articles to look out for. Um, the TV rating guy, I've always said the entire time I've been there that it's not like any other TV-related website. Like most TV websites, they just post ratings and that's really it we have a whole bunch of great posts like we do cable renew cancel for all the cable networks streaming watch renew cancel so those are special features on um, we, we i think last season we did have the most accurate prediction record all the prediction websites we had the best record and we always write um all our nine member team we write really interesting posts that you can't find anywhere like like we have ad rates and ratings to let you know how your show's rating and like a little more in detail. We just got a lot of really interesting posts that give you depth and stuff. And we have then show reviews, which we have like maybe probably 20 shows a week we review and that's growing too. So fair enough. That's something to look out for indeed. Uh, Hunter, any last thoughts that, you know, that any last shout outs on the, the TV ratings com and at TV ratings guide on Twitter. Yeah, I think Jonathan pretty much summed up most of the things that we do that are pretty special and unique, like how we do um, that. Yeah, he does like the reality renew cancel and cable renew cancel. That's pretty rare. That's a, I think in fact that the reality one. That's we're the only place that does it. Um, during the summer, in the last two summers, I did a summer renew cancel, which is also unique. And we just have lots of articles that sometimes they're part of like a series of articles sometimes they're just random articles that are really interesting i know we've done ones where we analyze like the recent history of like abc comedies or something like that and those articles i think are my favorites because they're just so interesting and to make you want like really think about what will do well for the network how what's the future going to look like based on the past fair enough indeed so people need to look out for all their great articles from nine different writers, am I correct? Yeah, nine. Yeah, I think. Okay. So that's uh, give all the writers and all the staff a big shout out for tvratingsguide.com. It's been a great pleasure having you both on. This is Jonathan and Hunter once again with tvratingsguide.com. Down the line, if you guys got uh, any time later on down the line, can you come back on the show with us and, and Hopefully give us an update what's going on with some of the shows as we get into the spring season. Is that, is that a, might be a, might be okay to do later on down the line? Yeah, I would love yeah. to. We could do something really interesting for spring or something where we have a lot of new stuff to look at and talk about. Oh, that's awesome. So excellent. Uh, look forward to having you guys on the show again. And during that time, if people again want to check that out, please check out tvratingsguide.com. That's www.tvratingsguide.com. 
at TV Ratings Guide on Twitter. Uh, once again, this is Jonathan and Hunter with TVRatingsGuide.com. Check it out for the latest and greatest on all the TV ratings news, but also as well in-depth articles on the TV rating scene, the networks, the shows that you are watching, the shows that you're hoping to watch, and the shows that you are would like to see stay on the air. They give you the great insight on that, along with a lot of great reviews. It's been a pleasure having you guys on. Once again, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to speak to me on both these episodes. Just truly appreciate having you on again. And uh, once again, thanks very much. Appreciate it. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And we're back here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source, along with my good friend Josh Peterson, author of Vendetta Dark. Also, as well, he is the author of Center Space and also the director of Ghost Toasters, which you can catch right now on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. It's a good time. It's really entertaining. We hunt down real fake ghosts. There you go. (laughs) So we're looking forward to some great movies outside of just Ghost Toasters, by the way. We are looking for some great movies coming out in the month of December. It is actually, well, you know, often December is portrayed as maybe one hit movie and then all the rest of the movies that are coming along in December are targeting themselves for Oscar consideration. Yes, it kind of looks like that in some fashion, but there's also some really good movies that are vying for your entertainment dollar during the holiday season. I know Josh has some movies he is uh, that's coming in December that he is targeting. Um, I know there's one in particular, you know, with Rogue One, which we can delve into a little bit because I know we're going to get even deeper into that as the weeks go forward and as it gets closer. But uh, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to this holiday season? Well, like you said, uh, Rogue One goes without saying. I've heard, I'm probably not going to watch this just because it's not my type of flick, but I've heard good things about Jackie with Natalie Portman, where she plays uh, JFK's wife. I've I've seen the stills from that. Yeah, I've seen the stills from that picture. Yeah, and I've read some early reviews. I guess she does a really great job. I mean, she's a she's a good actor if you discount, uh, you know, the prequel trilogy to Star Wars, which isn't her fault. I think is the script writing, but uh, she, you know, she's a decent actor. I loved her in Garden State, and I think that she's a strong enough female actress to take on a character like that. Definitely, indeed. I think that's a good choice. What else you got on the plate? Let's see. I I'm on the fence about Office Christmas Party. It looks funny, but I have a really hard time watching those movies that don't really go anywhere. So to me, this feels like a corporate version of The Hangover. I, I want to see it, but I want to wait until it comes out on on demand or uh, Blu-ray to watch it. Redbox. 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 The reason but, why Redbox still exists. Y- yes, for movies like that. There are two movies that I am really excited to see. I want to see The Space Between Us and Assassin's Creed. Uh, space between us is I, it's 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 not really a movie that I would be interested in, but just the take on that coming of age story where the the kid is from space is so fascinating to me. Like it's it's never been done before, and that is the kind of movie that I am drawn to. And I think that uh, Asa Butterfield is a great actor for somebody his age. He was great in Ender's Game, even though it got kind of poor reviews. 
And then Assassin's Creed. I, am I the only one who's excited about that? No, I think that any gamer should be interested in in something like that. Although it's it's I, I kind of have some trepidation when you when concerning a series that again, as I've said before, with other other series, other movie series, and also other video game series that doesn't seem to to maintain a continuous narrative that makes sense. I know they tried often with Desmond going back into the, you know, back to the present and going back to the past and whatnot. You know, that series in itself has had some issues, but as a movie, it could be really exciting what, uh, you know, Fassbender has up his sleeve for, for a great performance that could allow Assassin's Creed to be a breakout hit this holiday season. Correct. I mean, they, what I like about it is that it's not, based on any characters that have been created in the games yet. It's based on, it's an entirely different story. It exists in the universe, but it's not some, they're not bound. They're not stuck inside of a box. So they have the mythology and they just made a movie out there. You know, they, they ran with it, a completely new story. So I'm just hoping that all the cool parts haven't been shown in the trailers. I think those are the two I'm most excited about. I, I saw why him looks okay, but yeah, am I the only one who who's not not a big fan of James Franco? Like I, he he was funny. He's funny, but he kind of plays the same character in every movie he makes now. I know there's one before I go to a couple picks of mine uh, that I was looking at, but I know there was one that we that mentioned that's not a December movie, but something that during the holiday season a lot of people should be paying attention to because it will probably garner a lot of Oscar consideration. And we were talking about it during the break, and you wanted to mention that now because I'm going to give you props on it for bringing it up. Yeah, Manchester by the Sea. I've been fascinated with this movie since I first saw the trailers for it, but it's it, it's one of those movies that where it's I, I hear it's like a mixture of flashbacks between past and present, and you don't really have a lot of movies that do that correctly. And the the uh, the fact that it's in the hands of somebody who has won Academy Awards and Oscars, that he is the same guy that wrote and directed Gangs of New York. I, I think that it's, uh, and the sound, just the soundtrack and just everything about the trailers makes it look really good. So I just, I'm hoping it doesn't get a limited release. And Casey Affleck, like he has been, he was funny in Ocean's Eleven, but he has been in so many like B grade movies that he, and he hasn't gotten like the, the cr- credit he needs for this. So I'm really hoping that, this movie will take off and it comes out. I think it's out or November 18th. It's uh, has a limited run. So I'm hoping they release it wide. So more people can get their eyes on it. Well, when it comes to pictures that I'm looking forward to, I'm actually going to start off with passengers, possibly a very different, but possibly very good sci-fi flick. So that's something I'm definitely looking forward to. Indeed. I also want to mention, yes, rogue one is something that, that everybody I'm sure is looking forward to. But something uh, you and I are also talking about during the break, uh, Collateral Beauty, uh, something that, that, you know, every now and then Will Smith likes to delve into more serious dramatic roles. And this is something that uh, he definitely is looking into indeed. And then Denzel Washington um, really is is uh, on fences. Definitely you want to look at because, you know, obviously he has him and Viola Davis as a great team working together. But this is something that I believe he has performed this basis of this film on stage already. So it's something that, that he definitely is already familiar with as far as a project is concerned and definitely probably will be giving a command performance once it hits on screen. 
So uh, those are some of the movies that, that we're looking forward to. Any last thoughts on the movies in December? Uh, no, I mean, I, I still got to catch up with the movies in November. So um, <laughs> I, I still got to see Fantastic Beasts, which I heard was really good. It's got really good reviews so far. Uh, it does indeed. I think that's going to do it for us. We're definitely uh, got a lot to catch up with, with this holiday season. Any last thoughts on, on congratulations, you suck, or, or holiday gifts for this Black Friday season? I'm working really hard on congratulations, you suck. It's at a point where it's it's off to – I've given it to other people to read just to get back to me, my trial readers, I guess you can call them. So progress is being made, and you will be able to read it soon. I just don't want you guys to think I'm one of those people who talks about writing a book and then never releases it. So, so they can't say, you know, come back, hey, hey, what about that book you promised 10 years ago? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or like the, I know, I love Dean Koontz, but he has this habit of starting like good book series and then saying, oh yeah, the next book's coming out next year. And then 10 years goes by. So I don't want to do that to people. But you want to definitely look out for it. And we will make everyone out there very aware when Congratulations, You Suck is available for pre-order you know, sooner than you think, right around the corner. Congratulations, you suck. But in the meantime, check out his work, Center Space, and of course, Vendetta Dark, available on Amazon.com today. And, you know, his movie, Ghost Toasters, that you can catch on popculturegospels.wordpress.com. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. We appreciate you listening. It's a beautiful day in paradise. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.